Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1068 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer your questions that you would like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. Understanding ourselves better and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. The tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Ennea refers to nine and Graham refers to a drawing. Check out today or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I have also included a one-page Enneagram summary created by Beth McCord. If you would like to download this graphic, click on the picture in today's wisdom journal. For additional insights, I do recommend the book, The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about the Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. We previously took a deep dive into nine personality types, which are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Fourteen weeks ago, we began a series of episodes on the type combinations. What are the potential relationship benefits and issues with each combination? Covering all 45 different potential type combinations has taken a total of 15 weeks, but is valuable in understanding each other, regardless of what type you are or the type of those whom you interact with. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would recommend reading the Wisdom Journal for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, though, keep in mind it is still only a tool and cannot replace or usurp the precepts that are found in God's Word. We are responsible for all the decisions and actions that we make in life, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So the question for one more week is, Hey, Gramps. Why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So today, let's look at the last three Enneagram type combinations. And first, we'll start with the Enneagram type 8, the Challenger, with the Enneagram type 8, the Challenger. What each type brings to the relationship. As with all double-type relationships, two Enneagram 8s generally bring the same qualities to each other. Therein lies both the main source of attraction as well as when the main pitfalls. Thus, the level of health of each person is especially important to these type relationships as they are both dominant instincts. Both 8s will bring a lot of energy, vitality, and passion to the relationship. 
Few others' combinations are so intensely involved with each other as this, nor are they able to create such fireworks. They both have strong willpower, independent thinking, and the ability to make decisions and get things done, and the desire to see results in the practical world. They will not simply talk about building a house or going on a vacation. They will make it happen. When two eights are well-matched, they paradoxically both stimulate each other and relax each other at the same time. They feel that their energy has been met so that they can relax around the other eight and turn their attention and energy toward other interests. Two eights are also able to profoundly relax each other because they have confidence in each other. They know that they have what it takes as a team to do what needs to be done to be safe, secure, and stable in their own world. The feeling is, we've got this covered. Rather than marked by high energy, quiet confidence is the hallmark of double eight couples. This is because they are relieved and quietly happy to have found someone else who is also strong and whom they can also depend on. This also leads to a profound feeling of mutual respect, direct and frequent communication, and the ability to air their needs and feelings and to settle their occasional disagreements cleanly and quickly. Double eight pairs can build a significant empire of some sort together. And because they feel that they have unshakable support in the other, they can also be generous and open-hearted with others. But what are some of the potential trouble spots between a double eight couple? A double eight combination will be extremely volatile with lots of ego on display. There will be a frequent test of wills and more or less open jockeying for control. They can get into competition and rivalries because real equality and sharing is difficult between a lowering functioning double eight couple. Issues about being or staying in control will likely be the center of many conflicts, especially since lower functioning eights do not want to back down or be seen as weak in any way. Both will, therefore, struggle to dominate, at least in some area, making for a highly reactive and conflict-ridden relationship. Both eights can have hair-trigger tempers, and a certain degree of suspicion and paranoia might set in, even in regard to their partner. Tests of loyalties will come from both sides, and both will tend to up the ante emotionally and even often sexually and financially as things deteriorate. Nevertheless, someone will always have to make the final decision, and unless they learn how to communicate and negotiate effectively with each other, this combination can wear each other down. Both eights tend to feel rejected unless they have the power, money, or position that would make their significant other want or need them. They may feel free to disparage the other, justifying their aggression with an attitude that they can take it. Verbal and physical rough play can get out of hand. Neither will be the first to back down in a conflict, and it is very difficult for them to apologize. Nevertheless, it can be surprisingly thin-skinned and easily hurt, resulting in banishment of others, often over seemingly trivial matters. Further, two eights can also find that they tend to take up a lot of space, and therefore to need a lot of room with each other. They may find it worthwhile to declare certain parts of the house or similar territories as off-limits to the other. In short, there is often too much bluntness in pushing each other around, which can escalate into outright battles. Power struggles become occasions for revenge by the other who feels aggrieved, or they may simply take turns hurting each other as they continue to wear each other down until the final straw has been reached. Well, let's move on to the next Enneagram type combination, the Enneagram type 8, the Challenger, 
with the Enneagram Type 9, the Peacemaker. What each type brings to the relationship. Enneagram 8s bring leadership qualities and a take charge, we can do it mentality that others usually look up to and rely on. They are full of self-confidence and vitality and feel like a force of nature that cannot be denied. Nines generally admire these qualities in an eight and will often gravitate to them. Nines typically tend to live vicariously through the positive qualities of others, and eights like to have people around them who are impressed and stimulated by the eight's leadership, vitality, and brashness. Nines genuinely admire the eight's ability to make things happen and to fearlessly take on challenges. On the other hand, nines bring a sense of calm and stability that the eights find soothing and necessary for their well-being. They also bring eights a feeling of quiet pride and the eights bravado and a more assertive qualities, encouraging the eights to continue their take-charge style. Even healthy eights invest a lot of time overcoming obstacles and adversities. They are fighters trying to survive and make their mark on the world. Nines are like a quiet safe harbor, a respite, a person with whom the eights can let down their guard and relax. They tend, therefore, to teach each other what the other one lacks. Eights bring nines self-confidence and self-assertion, while nines teach eights which battles are worth fighting and how not to push so hard. The eight-nine couple is thus like fire and water, an active force and a receptive force that has an archetypal feeling about it. Their roles are well-defined, with each playing a parenting role toward the other. One usually is the daddy, while the other is the mommy, although this does not go along gender lines, as might be expected. Both have powerful drives and strong willpower. Both like comfort and simplicity. Both want to create a safe retreat from the world. When these forces and their talents are harnessed together after the same goal, this pair can be dynamic and powerful, but also comfortable and receptive at the same time. But what are some of the potential trouble spots between an Enneagram Type 8 and an Enneagram Type 9? One of the main problem areas for people of this combination is that as they deteriorate, their defenses go in opposite directions. Eights tend to push harder, while nines tend to increasingly shut down. Nines can become unresponsive or worse, energetically pushing away the eights as a defense. Eights become more aggressive and belligerent, demanding that their energies be met. Nines respond by not responding. They go on emotional strike and may begin to reactive passive-aggressively, sabotaging the eights activities in various ways. This causes eights to escalate berating and threatening the nine, or else to encourage eights to react passive-aggressively. Eventually, eights tend to lose interest in the nines, feeling that they are too obstructionist to them and their plans. Whenever eights want to do something exciting, nines respond with, why bother, or its equivalent. Eights can not only feel thwarted in their vision, but also feel that one of their core strengths is being undermined or rejected. On the other hand, nines can begin to see lower functioning eights as too bossy and controlling, selfish and wanting everything to be their way. Nines think that they want someone in charge and, and to direct things, but when eights start directing them, they rebel and become stubborn. Eights think that nines are blank slates who can be molded to their needs, and they get surprised by the depth and power of the nine's stubbornness. The relationship often flounders on rage, whether expressed openly or covertly. Nines often feel that the eights are too openly aggressive and harsh with others in order to maintain their dominance. 
They may begin to have to take sides to protect their children or others who are vulnerable to what they see as the hardness of potential violence of the AIDS. At its worst, this archetypical element combination can deteriorate into domestic battlefield with frequent verbal and even physical abuse. And now let's move on to our final type combination, which is the Enneagram Type 9, the Peacemaker, with an Enneagram Type 9, the Peacemaker. What each type brings to the relationship. As with all double type relationships, two Enneagram 9s generally bring the same qualities to each other. Therein lies both the main source of attraction as well as one of the main pitfalls. Thus, the level of health of each person is especially important for these type relationships as they are dominant instincts. One of the most common same type pairs, the double nine couples, are invariably quiet, gentle, supportive of each other and to those around them. They're comfortable to be around and hospitable to others. They are easygoing and do not let minor irritations of life or of the relationship get to them easily. They tend to look positively on their life circumstances, whatever they are, making the most of whatever they have. They are patient with each other and give the other partner the benefit of the doubt quick to forgive if there have been spats or conflicts, and generous and steady in their emotions and habits. They give each other lots of space, undemanding, non-judgmental attention, and a good deal of affection. They both feel that the other is a kindred spirit who can be curious and adventuresome, although not too much so. Little deeply rocks or even threatens the world of the double nine couple. They are typically people who enjoy regularity and predictability, the pleasure of the familiar and the tried and true. For example, most double nine couples tend to go to the same restaurant or the same vacation spot over and over again as they have found it is something that they like. While being friendly and approachable, they are also surprisingly domestic and protective of their family and their private world. This pair wants to create and maintain a safe haven from life's ups and downs. Importantly, both feel unpressured by their relationship. The lack of pressure and stress in their ordinary interactions is one of the main attractions of this relationships. Neither wants to feel put upon. They both want to take life at their own pace. Mellowness, with a certain feistiness or zippiness, depending on their instinctional patterns, is their hallmark. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between an Enneagram Type 9 with an Enneagram Type 9? The very steadiness and regularity of the double nine couple is also part of what could be their Achilles heel. The fear of rocking the boat or allowing anything to intrude on their peace and harmony of their world. They can seem to be friendly but get stuck in doldrums, gradually dropping their social connections. The outside world, other people, and even family members can be subtly resisted or neglected in various ways if the double nine couples feel sufficiently threatened in some ways. Double Nines couple can be so bound to their desires for harmony that they also find it difficult to raise important issues with each other. They might well love each other, but very little real communication begins to take place. Most of it is nonverbal or worse, exists only in their imaginations. In fact, as Nines deteriorate, they idealize the other, but do not really relate to the other as he or she really is. Most of the relationship occurs in their imagination of the other rather than from being in contact with that real person. Much is not expressed, and they can get into deadening routines that are difficult to break. They tend to avoid conflict by not bringing up threatening topics, leading to a buildup of old tensions and resentments. Passive-aggressive behavior, worrying, 
blaming and bubbling anxieties can start to undermine the relationship if they continue to avoid speaking about how they really feel. Outwardly, they may seem like a great, natural match, giving each other lots of space and seemingly to have an unusual ability to get along with each other. But they can actually be suppressive of each other in subtle ways, leading to a gradual deadening of vitality, a lack of ambition, and a mass depression with nothing in particular standing out as the obvious cause. Often, double nines couple find a way to coexist in a mutual non-aggressive pact that allows them to leave each other alone. However, the joy and excitement will have long evaporated from the relationship as the couple settles into more and more deeply entrenched routines and avoidances. Well, that covers the 15th group of three for a total of 45 type combinations. Regardless of your personality type and the personality types of those whom you interact with, either in person or online, we must follow God's word as we're told in John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And also in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Join us again next Friday as we begin a new series on our Ask Ramp episodes during our Philosophy Friday series. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on what is most important in life. So encourage your family and friends to join us and then come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,067 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, Learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.